Um, okay, well, here I am. Yeah. Y'all, those of y'all who don't know me, I'm Justin. Really, it's just you, ma'am. But yeah, <laughs> I'm Justin. Uh, yeah, I've known uh, Pastor Johnny and his brother, uh, Pastor David, for like years and years. Uh, well, since like 2012. So, And uh, that's about when God really like transformed my life was then. And, uh, you know, I was raised in church and uh, knew a little bit of the word, but I was, uh, my life said otherwise. Like I was living totally opposite. And, um, but I would say, be quick to tell you I was a Christian and, you know, I did all this, but I didn't really know him. I didn't really know Jesus. I just had a lot of church, you know, and a lot of uh, things. And so my life never changed. It never changed. So um, anyway, 2012, the Lord uh, really came. Well, I was going to uh, bed one night and uh, just got out of a really, like, bad relationship. It was, like, crazy. And um, so I was laying down that night, and I was just alone. I had had to actually break up with this person. And I've never done that before. Never actually broke up with somebody. And um, but the reason was is because God just took all the feelings I had, just completely took them away. It was like crazy. I couldn't explain it. I wasn't living for Him then. I just didn't understand why. So I was like, I just have to leave you, you know. And um, so that was kind of hard at first. But it was a uh, what I didn't see. It was God bringing me to this place of being alone, and um, which I needed at that time. He had already taken me out of the drugs, taken me out of the the partying, taking me out, out of all that stuff. So it was just me and him alone. And I was going to bed one night, and uh, I actually had this feeling of, like, distance from him. Like, I actually felt it. And I, it's the first time in my life I ever felt, like, distant from him. Almost like uh, now I know now it's his heart calling me, calling me to him, you know, like, hey, I've, I've been here. Like, I felt his conviction and stuff, you know, throughout my life and just kind of ignored it and went on my way, kept doing things. But it was this moment where I was alone. And um, I laid down, I was like, man, I feel how far away I feel from God, like, right now. And so, uh, from that moment forward, you know, I think I went to, like, a young adult service right after that. And uh, I felt, like, the presence of God for the first time since I was, like, a little kid. And from that moment in that, I was just, like, I remember riding home and, uh, like, super full of joy and, like, just, like, laughing, you know, like, talking to God. So I got home, and uh, from that moment, I was changed forever. Like, my heart was changed. I, was, I had a brand new heart, like, that night. And uh, it's just been, like, going after him ever since. And so that's pretty awesome. But um, so it's just, you know, and there's been things I've had to learn. Of course, we're always going to learn. But one of the greatest things I've learned and uh, didn't know it right off the bat was really it's not about how good you can be it's uh it's about you knowing him and uh knowing how how perfect you can try to be or anything it's just about really getting to know jesus and um i was listening to one word i heard while i was standing back there just getting ready for this is that the word behavior and i really feel like the lord was has been really showing me things about how much we need to begin to separate as children of god to separate ourselves from our behavior that we may have in the moment and to really realize that and I'm going to read some scripture here to kind of you know back that up and everything but he's been really showing me like once you're changed like once God does a work in you he changes your heart in an instant like he gives you a new spirit and um, 
I think it's in like Corinthians somewhere, but it says basically like those who are those who belong to the Lord are one spirit with him. And that's awesome because I heard something here recently that said basically like when you're uh like when you're saved, when you're born again, literally Holy Spirit, He He doesn't just come move in next to you, like next to your spirit. He comes inside of you and He basically fuses together with your own spirit and y'all become one. And so <clears throat> that's awesome because at the core of every believer, there's perfect everything Jesus is is everything we are on the inside. You know, everything he is. We're not trying to be like better and trying to be better, we have to realize, like, we have to look inside and see who we've been created to be, you know. And if you look at Jesus, if you look at, you know, who Holy Spirit is, and you look at Him, you see fullness, you see righteousness, complete righteousness, uh, complete holiness, uh, perfection even. You know, all these things, everything God is, is, is who we are at the very core of who we are. And um, so bringing me back to like behavior he's been really keeping me in romans um and uh specifically like six seven and eight chapter six seven and eight talks a lot about our identity who we become because of jesus and um romans seven talks a lot about paul is talking about his uh behavior and he's talking about he's talking about basically how he used to live um i guess uh He's talking about a mindset. So basically, like, he knew what he wanted to do. He knew the thing he wanted to do. He knew, he, like, deep inside he knew he, he wanted to please God. But he had, didn't have the willpower to carry it out. Like, he's like, every time I want to do good, something I do, I do the opposite of what I want to do. But he's saying, like, like he, I just got to read this. Hang on. I'm going to go to Romans 7 real quick. I'm reading out the Passion Translation because it's pretty awesome. Yeah, man. It just like explains it like so much better on this point. But this is something we all need to know. And I've talked to many people before about this. And I see a lot of people, even myself, I've been tricked into this uh, way of thinking before. But almost like trying to do this thing on your own. Like trying to... Uh, you know, kind of like grading yourself and judging yourself based off of how you act, how you act out. You know, and when you do that, basically you're saying that you're you're almost like you're separating yourself from the Lord, from who your true identity is, and on the inside. And um, that's so important um, to not do that. But uh, Romans seven. Let's see, I'm getting there. Okay, okay. Paul says this. You can tell how miserable he is, like in this thinking this way. But he says, "I'm a." This is right after he talks about being free from sin, being dead to sin, dead to sin's identity, dead to you know. And he goes in to talk about this is what it's like living under the law, which is basically under the commandment that you have to be good enough. You have to be like God in your own strength that's what the law says it says you have to be like God on your own and if you don't well you're condemned you know you live under condemnation and that's a mindset a lot of Christians even myself at one point have lived under it's like this uh, 
like you're almost like trusting in your own works, you know? And uh, then you're judging yourself. You're like condemning yourself because you're not living up to who you know, like who you really are. And it's apart from grace. It's not, there's no grace on it. It's just your, your own works. So anyway, uh, Paul says, I'm a mystery to myself. This is uh, verse 15. And I'm reading out that passion because it just really brings it out. But it says, I'm a mystery to myself for I want to do what's right, but end up doing what my moral instincts condemn. Literally what I just said. But it says, but if my behavior is not in line with my desire, my conscience still confirms the excellence of the law. Now I realize that it's no longer my true self doing it, but the unwelcome intruder of sin in my humanity. And he says, I'm just going to keep reading. Uh, are we good? Everyone's good? Okay, okay. All right, so uh, he says, uh, For I know that nothing good lives within the flesh of my fallen humanity. The longings to do what is right are within me, so in my true self. But the willpower known alone is not enough to accomplish it. It says, My lofty desires to do what is good are dashed when I do the things I want to avoid. <laughs> So it says, so if my behavior contradicts my desire to do good, I must conclude. This is where you have to shift it. You can't stay and say, this is always who I'm going to be. Because that's a lie. Because that's not who you are on the inside. You know, we're different. We're changed. So he says, if my behavior contradicts my desires to do good, I must conclude. It's not my true identity doing it, but the unwelcome intruder of sin, hindering me from being who I really am. Man, that's like really good. <laughs> I mean, that um, that's the one thing, because, you know, we, we struggle sometimes. Some of us struggle more than others, but uh, and some of us have it down and are walking and running in this thing. But the one thing that's going to keep you going forward is to realize when you do act out in something, is to know that that's not you doing it. That's not what defines you. That's not what, you know, that's, that, that's not who you are as a believer it's so important so okay so I read this before and everything and you can't take this first off you have to receive this word by faith it takes faith because you may not feel um, you may not feel like if I dealt with anger or something you may not feel like well I'm, I do I feel like an angry person right now I feel like it you know but you can't go by what you feel you have to believe you have to take this word and mix it with faith and begin to see you know, what the Word is calling you to, what, who Jesus says you are, and you have to mix it with faith, but that's not enough. And this is what the Lord showed me last Sunday, um, which we've been learning, you know, it's all about worship and, you know, everything, like knowing Him. But just to see this is really awesome, going back to the beginning of Romans 7. Okay. Okay, so Paul basically talks about, he gives an analogy of, of marriage. And at the beginning of Romans 7, he talks about a woman that's married to her husband is bound. I love that. that it uses the word bound, like she's bound to him until he dies. And then she's free to marry another once he dies. If she doesn't do that, she commits adultery, you know. But, uh... But it talks about, it says, 
So my dear brothers and sisters, the same principles apply to your relationship with God. For you died to your first husband, the law, by being co-crucified with the body of Jesus. So you are now free to marry another, the one who was raised from the dead, so that you may now bear fruit to God, spiritual fruit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, so when I saw that, you know, I've read that a hundred times before. But the one thing the Lord showed me last Sunday is that what does a married couple do, a healthy married couple do? They spend time together. They continue to spend time together. And the thing is, like, the more they spend time together over and over, intentional time, eventually something's going to happen, a baby's going to come about, <laughs> you know? It's just going to happen, you know? I mean, <laughs> so uh, the same thing with us and Jesus, because marriage is all, it's, it's, a, it's just a spiritual, well, Jesus and us is a spiritual, you know, symbol of, of what marriage is here on earth. And um, so us and Jesus is the greater truth. It's the greater, the clearer understanding of what marriage is. We just get to live that out here, you know, Lord willing. But uh, so what's awesome is he says that and they spend time together. I looked up that word bear fruit, bear spiritual fruit to God, and it literally means to bear offspring. And uh, like further like confirmed like what I was already, you know, what I was seeing. So it's like you can't try to be like God in your own strength, in your own works, trying to do it on your own, you know. You have to actually go back to the one, the source, who, who's inside you, you know, spending time with Jesus. And that spending time with Jesus, you're going to begin to bear spiritual fruit. And it'll be apart from your own works. You'll begin, he'll begin to change you in that place. And you won't even know what's really happening right then. You know, you're just getting to know him. And uh, that constant time, that's why that's, that was the answer to what Paul was struggling with. And what's awesome is <laughs> right at the end of like Romans 7, he says this, because he said, well, at the end of Romans 7, he said, uh, oh man. He said, what an agonizing situation I'm in. Who has the power to rescue this miserable man from the unwelcome intruder of sin and death? Who has the power to rescue me from living under this identity? You know? And he says, I give all my thanks to God for his mighty power has his power has finally provided a way out through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. So he said, If I'm left to myself, the flesh is aligned with the law of sin. And I I like the New King James version of that last part. But basically, uh, let's see. So awesome. Yeah, with the mind, I serve the law. But with the... That doesn't make sense. The word doesn't make sense here. <laughs> said something different before. No. <laughs> Anyways, basically, it's... Uh, if you do it in your own works, you're putting yourself under the law. But when you begin to spend time with Jesus and realize that, you know, that's the source, that, that, that his grace is the thing that's going to change you, that, that, that's when you're under his grace, basically. You're spending that time. So anyway, he says right after that in Romans 8. Man, 
glad I have this Bible app because it would be really hard, like flipping pages or trying to. Let's see. Okay, so Paul says, Now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union. That's like a marriage with Jesus, the anointed one. So yeah, that's awesome. So I was thinking back and I was, you know, a lot of times I think about like when we want to find who we really are, we go back to the garden before sin entered the world and we find out what all we were created for then. Like we look at what Adam and Eve had before sin, before all that. And we can find a great, mo a great model for like everything that we were created for and that we were, that was intended for us. And, uh, you know, I thank God Jesus, he restores that. He's the, the last Adam and gives that to us, you know, because Adam and Eve couldn't get it on. They couldn't keep it. They had it, but they couldn't keep it because of human nature. They were still human nature. They didn't have Holy Spirit living in them to help them, you know. They just were doing this on their own, so it was easy to be deceived. It was easy to, to give in and fall. But now Jesus has come, and he literally did the work for us. <laughs> so we just spend time with him. We receive the benefit of knowing him and being changed, you know. And it ain't even like anything we could do. So, so uh, you know, but I look at uh, Genesis, and I look at Adam and Eve, and you see that it was always about that bearing offspring and not like literally like not necessarily having children, which it is. God's will is for us, you know, for us to have children and multiply like that. But the one thing, and I heard someone say this one time, and this is awesome, but when he told Adam to be fruitful and multiply, he created Adam in his image. What he told him to multiply was his nature, was his, was his image, to multiply the image of God. And that's why he brought Eve to Adam, because Adam had no way of, of replicating who God was to the earth. And he needed to bring someone like him. You know, it was, yeah, just blew me away when I heard that. But, but yeah, so it wasn't necessarily having children, which they were going to do that, but it was the, the spiritual part of it. It was actually filling the earth with the glory of God, which is his nature, his, his heart so that the whole earth be filled with the glory of God, so that people will know who he is through the people he made. And that's what's awesome. It's like spending time with him, it brings us back to that garden. Like the more we're intimate with Jesus, just taking that time aside and like uh, Pastor David talks about, you know, with, in worship is really going to uh, cause us to bear that spiritual fruit and to uh, fill the earth, you know, our own sphere of influence, the people that are in our lives, you know, the people at our workplace, at our, wherever we're at, they'll begin to see the nature of God in us. And it won't be any of our works. We can't accomplish it, you know. So, um, yeah, so that was the God's initial, like, that's his purpose or why we're here, to know him and make him known. Literally, that's like what it says. So, <clears throat> oh, man, Let's see Also, um, in Ephesians, I think it's Ephesians 4, something I shared with uh, Pastor Johnny a while back, um, when I was talking about separating ourselves from the way we may act out, you can also, it, the scripture 
it says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. And that's, it's talking about deeds there, but I can also, you can also talk about it being like your thoughts, your feelings. You know, there's like unfruitful thoughts we have, you know, that we know is not, you know, not coming out of our true self. And the more we agree with that stuff, it'll start basically like telling us who we are. You know, we begin to, we begin to feel like this is who I am because of what I'm thinking right now. Like, um, I don't know, you can kind of like wear depression. You can wear these different things. And uh, it says, have no fellowship, which is that have no agreement with this unfruitful stuff that you're thinking, uh, feeling. But it says expose it, which means call it out for what it is. Don't, don't stay in a place of agreeing with it, you know. Call it out for what it is. Get alone with Jesus, because this is where it all goes away. Be honest with your heart and be like, show, you know, tell him, like, this is, I was never created for this. I know what you made me for. You know, this thing is not producing fruit in my life. It doesn't have anything to do with your nature. And separate yourself from it. And that's the key to that. It's going to cause growth in your life. So, yeah. And this is one cool thing the Lord showed me a while back is in Hebrews uh, chapter 4, 4, 14 through 16. I'm just going to like re, uh, paraphrase it. But basically, uh, it's the scripture we all know. He says, come to my throne boldly and receive mercy and grace in your time of need. We know that verse, right? A lot of us do. So, uh, But I was reading that one day, and he showed me like a different perspective on it. And he showed me like, like a lot of times uh, some people will use that verse and kind of like to give them an excuse to stay the same. You know, they'll be like, well, Jesus endured everything I endured, and, you know, he, uh, you know, so I can come to him and, you know, Lord, forgive me, I've, I've done this again, or whatever. But Jesus isn't saying that. He's saying, uh, you got to think, it says that Jesus was tempted in every single way we were, but he said he never, he never sinned. He never gave in to that temptation. He never, you know, he, he walked in victory over that thing that he was dealing with. So, and what he's saying there, he's saying, come to my throne to receive mercy and the grace you need. So he's calling us up. He's, he's calling, he's not telling us to stay the same. He's not coddling us and being like, it's okay you feel that way. I was human too, I understand. He's calling us up to that place of over, that where he overcame. And he was able to walk, you know, you just free from sin, free from this thing. You know, so he's always inviting us up and calling us up higher than our, pre our current state or wherever. And it all comes just, just being with him. Everything points to just going back to him. You have to come to the throne room, you know. You, these things aren't going to fall on our laps. We have to actually, like, lay hold of what Jesus has offered us and says that's available. Like, we have to lay hold of it by faith. And uh, the one thing he showed me, too, is that it takes faith at first because you may not always feel it. But once you, like, the more time you spend with him, the more he begins to make that thing real to you. Like, he begins to make it something now I can, I'm living this out, you know. But uh, sometimes it takes raw faith. Like, you literally have to just lay down what you feel, and you have to go in that place no matter what. And um, even if you don't even feel his presence, like, he's there because the word says he's there, you know. Like, ground yourself in the word and what God is saying, you know. Because, like, the consistency 
of being with him is going to it's going to produce fruit he says he'll reward you openly when you seek him in secret and uh so it's that what does it say in due time you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up you know and the harvest we're reaping is spiritual harvest it's spiritual thing it's spiritual fruit in our lives it's looking more like him to the world around us but he's taken the struggle off of us it's not about struggling he took the struggle on his on his body on the cross so that he could just overshower us with grace and grace isn't just like it's not something like oh i'll give you grace and you fail i'll give you grace no grace keeps you from falling it keeps you from falling and uh yes we're gonna make mistakes and everything but he's calling always calling us up higher calling us up to a next level you know to walk above that thing we fell in he's calling us up and uh yeah i feel like there's a lot more but i mean that was it oh yeah so talking with you know certain people um that's that's a lot of people's mindset even my, my own you know i got tricked into that because i got out of faith you know i was like listening to how my thoughts were saying or what my feelings were telling me and it's all like that kind of gets you faith takes you back there you know and jesus will keep you there the longer you're, the more you're consistent and stay in that place he really will but um yeah i mean yeah so i think that's it man